Welcome to another Freshfields Tax Matters podcast. I'm Alison Dickey from the Freshfields London tax team. The German federal election took place on the 26th of September. It was already clear at that time that after Angela Merkel's 16-year tenure, Germany would have a new chancellor following the election. The election results provided the Social Democrat Party with a narrow victory with their candidate Olaf Scholz. And both the Greens and Liberals also made gains compared to the federal election four years ago. These three parties have completed their exploratory discussions, with formal coalition negotiations just beginning. If this coalition, referred to in Germany as the traffic light coalition, materialises, what will this mean for both global tax policy and the domestic German tax landscape? With me today to discuss this are my colleagues from Germany. Firstly, our ear to the ground in Berlin, David Ismer, who is the head of public affairs at Freshfields, and also our tax experts, David Beutel, Philip Redeker and Georg Roderberg. Thank you all for joining me today for this discussion. So my first questions are to David Ismer. What are your major takeaways from the discussions between the three parties so far? What will be the major areas of discussion and or conflict going forward? And is the so-called traffic light coalition guaranteed, or is there still some possibility that this particular coalition might not happen? Well, the formal coalition negotiations are just beginning now. And it's very important to realize that we are dealing with three very different parties here. The SPD is a traditionally left social democratic party that wants to achieve a socially just society. The Greens, on the other hand, are a relatively young party that is primarily committed to protecting the environment and the climate. In terms of economic and social policy, it tends to be more on the left. On the other side is the FDP, referred to as the Liberals. The German Liberals traditionally advocate low taxes and economic freedom. But despite these quite big differences, the exploratory talks have been quite smooth and very harmonious. It very much seems to be the case that the atmosphere is much more cooperative than in previous coalition negotiations that we have seen. So I do indeed assume that the traffic light coalition will come together in the end and that we might see a new federal government by the end of the year. But before that, there will certainly be major disputes in the talks as soon as they get into the more detailed points. One of the main problems is the complete lack of any deal on how to fund the many expensive proposals in the areas of climate protection and infrastructure expansion. The exploratory paper only provides, so far, for a reduction in subsidies without specifying at all in which areas and to what extent. And that will certainly not be enough. In this respect, it's quite possible that we might see some surprises in tax policy. Because if you look at the exploratory paper, any formal tax increases seem to be excluded. But you could also read it in such a way that the paper is only really confirming that tax rates will not be increased, which would leave the door open for other tax-related proposals. For example, the coalition could abolish tax exemptions or make changes to increase the tax base. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how the talks go. Thank you, David. Turning now to our tax experts and starting with David Boitel, in terms of the impact on the tax landscape, where could this leave us in terms of tax policy? 
And more specifically, how could the various possible permutations of coalition government impact on global tax policy? In particular here, the proposals currently being put forward at both the OECD and EU level. Well, as you know, Alison, Germany and most notably its current Minister of Finance, Olaf Scholz, have been one of the most active players in pushing the international tax reform agenda forward. In particular, the OECD's so-called Pillar 2 proposals and specifically the global minimum tax rate of 15% for multinationals with revenue above 750 million euros. And now, as was already mentioned, it seems likely that Mr. Scholz will actually become the new German Chancellor. And the preliminary manifesto by the three parties also expressly pledges continued support for the global tax reform. That is the global minimum tax as well as the OECD so-called Pillar 1 proposals, um, which seek to reallocate taxation rights to market jurisdictions for the largest and the most profitable uh, multinationals. It's also worth noting that um, the Liberal Party is on board with progressing the global tax reform proposals as well under the headline of introducing a fair international tax system. And so, so far, this topic appears to have been one of the less disputed issues between the potential coalition partners, um, though any differences, obviously, between the parties may still be found in the details of the new proposed rules going forward. So then, David, moving on from the global tax policy position, what's about the tax landscape for inbound investment? Do you think uh, Germany will move to more competitive corporate tax rates or, to the contrary, will Germany increase corporate taxes? Well, the, the original proposals of the Social Democrats and the Green Party on corporate taxation were pretty vague, but in principle opposed lower corporate tax rates, um, whereas the Liberals, on the other hand, were looking to lower corporate taxes. So in the field of corporate taxation, and as David Isma has already said, The parties have now expressly ruled out increases in tax rate, but we should also not be looking for tax cuts going forwards. And this is also because there's simply no financial leeway for any such measures in light of the depleted state finances due to the COVID pandemic and the huge amount of necessary investments into both the green and the infrastructure agenda. But uh, all three parties have expressed their determination to combat tax evasion and close um, loopholes in the tax system. So this may be an area of potential activism for the new administration. And then turning to Philip, what about the potential impact on income taxation of individuals and small and medium-sized businesses that in practice are often structured as partnerships? Here again, the, the original manifestos of the three parties were very far apart. The Social Democrats and, and Greens originally planned to increase top-line income tax rates by 3%. The Liberals, as said, have entirely opposed any tax increases. And frankly speaking, in this regard, they have prevailed in the preliminary discussions. Increases in income tax and VAT have been ruled out. So, Philip, on that basis, the view is that increases in tax rates are not expected. But what about changes to the tax base? <laughs> that, that is indeed an important aspect and maybe the most interesting one to, to look forward to uh, the upcoming discussions and, and further negotiations. In the manifestos, the parties have committed themselves to improving and supporting investments into climate-friendly green infrastructure. And one measure explicitly mentioned is super depreciation allowances for such investments. 
So we can expect to see a reduction of uh, the tax base for certain taxpayers on that side. The details, of course, are still not clear and not detailed out in the manifesto. On the other side, the three parties have agreed to abolish what they call subsidies that are considered to be ineffective or even worse, harmful to their climate goals. And further, they are also committed to combat what they call tax evasion, and which would probably lead into what we would call closing of tax loopholes. All of that area could lead to changes to tax provisions stipulating the assessment of the tax base. This is in particular rules that allow for tax deductions or exemptions from taxes and so on. These rules might be changed. In the end, such changes might, of course, result not in an increase of the kind of top-line tax rate, but of the effective tax rate for some individuals and companies that currently use such rules. The three parties have the, uh, left the details of this area to the next round of coalition negotiations, and this will certainly be an area to watch closely in the next week. Next weeks, uh, in particular, given that this will be an area where the parties will look to find some of the money they need for the ambitious climate goals. Thank you, Philip. Moving to you, Georg, what are your thoughts on whether it is possible that a German wealth tax might be introduced and also the possible impact on other taxes, such as inheritance tax? The three parties agreed to not introduce new taxes on substance, which is generally understood to exclude the introduction of a wealth tax. However, the agreement notably does not mention inheritance tax and gift tax. Therefore, this may be another area that could be tightened and loopholes could be closed. It could even potentially give room for a discussion on the general reform of inheritance tax, the general idea for inheritance tax reform that has been going around for years now can be simplified as abolishing exemptions and consequently potential loopholes combined with lower rates and potential deferrals of payment of tax, in particular where businesses are transferred to the next generation. That's interesting, Georg. I'd like to bring in David Ismer on this point. Can I ask for your view on that, David? Indeed, the wording of the exploratory paper at least seems to allow discussions on that. It is important to know that this is an area where the opposition of the liberals might not be as strict as in other tax areas, because they advocate low taxes, but always based on the idea of justice of performance, which inheritance tax has nothing to do with. However, such changes will be very hard to achieve, as the Federal Council that is the second chamber of parliament in Germany, needs to agree and the conservatives are in a position to block any legislation there. This is in general an aspect to most changes to tax legislation in Germany. In contrast to other areas as private or employment law, for instance, changes to tax laws in Germany generally need the agreement of the federal council. This means any agreement of the new coalition partners remain subject to the Conservatives' agreement, which they will certainly not give to tax hikes. Thank you all for your insights today, which have been very useful. It seems that we can expect the German government to continue to support the current proposals for global tax reform being put forward by the OECD and the EU. And so far, at least, no dramatic changes to the domestic German tax rules have been suggested. However, the devil will be in the detail, and businesses with German presence should continue to monitor developments in this area to assess whether any business risks emerge during the course of the coalition discussions. 
The team at Freshfields will of course be monitoring these discussions closely and will provide updates on any significant developments. Thank you again to our speakers today, David Isma, David Beutel, Philip Redeker and Georg Rudderberg.